Welcome everybody to a Geek Freak special Game of Thrones episode 2 review. I am Frank and I'm with Jonathan. What's up, what's up? And today we're talking Game of Thrones and how did you like this episode? I, so we briefly talked about it recently, but um, I I liked it. I mean, it's Game of Thrones, it's amazing. Always good, yeah. But I just wasn't as excited at the end of this episode and I get it. It's, it's story building, you're seeing where all the characters are and they're all very sad and close and you know, they know they're probably, there's a really good chance they're going to die soon. So yeah, yeah. It, it plays on, on the feels, but I'm ready for this battle to start, you know. It's funny because so I had game. the opposite opinion. I thought this was one of their better episodes I've seen in a long time. It's It reminds me of the earlier show when it was mm. less budget, so it was more, more conversation. More political and strategic. And yeah, I liked the talking. We had a lot of wrap up. We had some really heartwarming moments. One in particular that was like beautifully done. You know, it was really cool. I had a tweet about it right away. So let's go ahead and just get into scene by scene what happened. We have the beginning. It's the trial of, of Jamie Lannister. Tyrion and Cersei's already been on trial before, which I thought was Tyrion and Cersei mm-hmm. have already been on trial before. I thought well, that was kind of an interesting point somebody had brought up before. And here's Jamie's. Nobody in the room likes him, right? Mm-hmm. He's messed up with the Starks. He's killed Aerys Targaryen, which is Danny's father, mm-hmm. which nobody liked. It was for a good cause, but yeah. still, Kingslayer, you know. I thought it was interesting because Tyrion, he even steps in a little bit, and it's like he has no graces anymore. So yeah. it's really tough. He got shut down right away. Yeah, that was kind of hard. They're I, really. I like that later Mormont speaks up for Tyrion's behalf too. Right. Yeah. Like you know, kind of bring it, bring in the reins. He is a great guy. Yes, he's human. He's making mistakes. You see that just like anyone else. Right. But he's still a great guy and a, a great mind. And you chose him for a reason. Yeah. And one of the hard parts too is not only is Jamie coming into town where nobody likes him, he's bringing the bad news that Cersei's not coming. Yeah. They thought Cersei was coming to help. Makes Tyrion look even worse because mm-hmm. he's like, don't worry, my sister's coming. Yeah. Shouldn't have ever trusted him. I, now, I wish Jamie, her. Jamie being who he was, I wish on his way up he rallied some of his men. I mean, I understand you can't bring the whole army, but go yeah. find a couple Bannermen, a couple lords a rag that you tab, can... Ragtag Lannister group. Yeah, something. You know, 40, 50 guys would at least show that you care, not necessarily yeah. your family, but... And that there are Lannister men out there that are not seriously yeah. based. Like Arya stumbled across who were yeah. actually like good young guys who were just happened to be caught up in the middle of this war. Our experience with the Lannisters have always been pretty harsh, but right above Tywin and his, is his father who was actually, they actually joked about him a lot because he was a very kind, almost to a point of being goofy character. And that's why Tywin is always so mean is because my father almost brought us to the brink of destruction. He was, the Lannisters were always this way. Yeah. You know, there was a time when they were just another family yeah. that happened to be very rich. More like but, Robert Baratheon. Yeah, that's a good example. He's yeah. much more like Robert Baratheon and Tywin was so strict to try to avoid that. He over yeah. overcorrected. One of the lines I really liked is while Jamie is defending himself and he says, I'm not sorry, mm-hmm. you know, because this was war. This is how things are done. I was defending my family. Yeah. There's a small line from Bran, which is the biggest shut up ever, says the things we do for love. <laughs> yes. I even mentioned that to my wife when we were watching it. I was yeah. like, nobody else in their room knows what that means but the two of them. Yeah. That was so good. So if you didn't catch it, this is Pretty obvious for most people, but that was a line that Jamie said when he pushed Bran out the window in season one, episode one. Mm. Really good callback. Really good check. <laughs> Jamie's probably sitting there pissing himself too, like, oh God, if Bran mentions that, yeah. I'm going to be hung immediately. Or they're oh, going to cut my so head off fast. right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's literally started the whole thing. But. Reminds us of Bran in the last season when he checked Littlefinger by saying chaos is a ladder. Mm-hmm. It's just another one of those things where Bran with one word, one sentence can yeah. shut down the most powerful men in the kingdom. And it's because he knows so much. It's like he, to some extent, see what's to come. So he kind of knows, okay, I just need to make this little chess move and let the rest play out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then we see Bran stands up for Jamie and had a really good point that she wouldn't be able to do what she can do, mm-hmm. which wouldn't get Sansa loose, 
which then is why Ramsey Bolton is not there anymore. So Jamie's event actually got to start to back in Winterfell. Yeah. So there is a lot he has done for the North, just not directly. Yeah, and I, I didn't remember how he lost his hand. I remember it was when he was her captor or, right, you know, right, right. being brought back. But I forgot that he pretty much to some extent lost his hand protecting her. Yeah, the whole bear attack and then the guys were assholes and just cut his hand off. Yeah. Saying, oh, your dad doesn't need the whole, all of you. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Then we had um, Gendry's. He's working on um, on weapons and everything like that. Still, mm-hmm. we're seeing it. It's a mass. Part. So what it looks like they're doing is they're grinding down the obsidian and then yeah. reforging it. Yeah, I didn't realize that would work. I'm hoping they don't like they weren't confused and <laughs> come to find out. Oh yeah, that doesn't actually work. It has to loses be original. All its abilities as soon as you get yeah. it hot. <laughs> as soon as, yeah, as soon as you melt it without dragon fire, it loses its power. <laughs> There's some like Night's Watch ghosts like that's why I buried it in the snow. Make sure it doesn't get hot. Right. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Uh, so so they're working on in tools and stuff like that. One thing I want to do a correction corner from last time is I said that they're gonna they're making swords out of them because mm-hmm. I saw the sword that Mormont pulled out. It looked black. It was not black. It's actually Valyrian blade, and we'll get to that later on. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a cool ass obsidian <laughs> sword, yeah. which reminded me of Last Airbender. So oh okay, yeah. He has the yeah, yeah, yeah. Sword. That's true. Squeaks isn't there yet. He needs to hurry up and finish oh, that show. God, it's such a good show. Anyways, Arya gives her speech about death and how she ha- has many faces. Mm-hmm. That's a reference to the faceless men. They have basically they don't have a god, but they have somebody they essentially worship the many-faced god of death. Yeah. Uh, in their temple, the House of Black and White, there's a statue for all the gods of death, basically the stranger for the seven, stuff like that. So she's making a faceless man reference when she's doing that little speech, which was really awesome. She was yeah. showing her skills off. Yeah. Then we have uh, Brandon and Jamie are meeting up in the Weirwood, which was a scene we've all been waiting for. How'd you think that went? It was, it was, I liked it. I'm glad that they are using the Weirwoods too, but the the two of them needed to talk. So that was. Yeah. And this, that's what this episode was about. It was kind of reminded me of one of those movies where they know the comet's coming, Deep Impact, maybe the beginning of Armageddon. Yeah. They know the comet's coming, that really life is done. So yeah. they're just kind of like, what would you do with your last moments? Mm-hmm. And we got to see some of our favorite characters deal with that because they all pretty much assume they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Jamie goes to Bran. He really needs forgiveness out of him. He is yeah. the only person he says sorry to. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say sorry to the other ones about all the things he's done. He said sorry to Bran because he felt like that was not warranted. Yeah, but what was Bran's response in that? I can't remember. He, I remember him saying that I'm I'm no longer Bran. He was saying that I'm the Three-Eyed Raven now. Right, and so basically Bran was telling him, like, without you doing that, I would never have become, yeah. you know, okay. the Three-Eyed Raven, the ability to stop the so Night's that, King. That is one of the things we kind of predicted, too, right? That was... That Bran would give him forgiveness that would yeah. empower him to go on to do... We got to see the empowerment part, but it is... <laughs> yeah. yeah. There is one of our predictions that got shut down, so I'll get into that, which okay. is like, no, okay. dang it, I want it to be John. But yeah. So one thing that, that Jamie's talking about is what are we going to do after this, mm-hmm. and you know he's worried that Bran will talk about it, and, and Bran says, how do you know there is an afterword yeah. or whatever? That's a problem because Bran gets glimpses of the future. So if he had seen the glimpse of the future, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost wondering if it's out of curiosity, like how why are you hopeful in this situation? Yeah, what gives you hope? Or because I've seen you die, you're not going to get past this. What do you <laughs> think it is? I don't know. I mean, because we've seen Bran do just the very strategic steps he needs to and not really speak, like very, very uh, man of few words kind of thing. I think he knows exactly what Jamie needs to hear to perform at his best, whether or not he's going to survive or not, win or lose. This is what he needs to be the best player we have today you right, know, right. for this battle. So I think that's what he's... Maybe if he told him, oh yeah, everything's going to be okay and you're going to be down with Cersei next week. He'll be chill more. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll not worry about it. But if he knows like all of existence is on the line right now and we're probably going to die, what makes you think you're going to survive? What makes yeah. you think any of us are going to survive? That's a good point. Every single thing Brand says is probably more calculated than we could even imagine. Yeah. 
That's yeah. a good point. All right, then we get into the uh, Jamie, another Jamie scene. That we're getting a lot of Jamie in the beginning of this because we've been anxious to see him back in the Winterfell, yeah. you know. Yeah. Finally. And he's essentially just going to Brienne and saying, like, I really respect you. Still, like, even it puts her off. She's like, Why are you not insulting me right now? But I really want to respect you and I want to follow you into battle. And we see the Podrick's a badass swordsman too yeah. on the side, which is cool. Yeah. Podrick, I like the fact that he's like awesome now. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. I want him to survive this. Probably won't because nobody will. And then we get a little short scene that I think is very, very important. Mormont's talking to Danny, and she's, you know, something you talked about before where he's really sticking up for Tyrion and saying, yeah. like, yeah, he makes mistakes, but he, he shows them, he's, and he learns from them. And it's important to realize that Mormont was her hand, and then Tyrion took the place when Mormont left, yeah. or was, you know, sent to be healed. And so now, if she decided to get rid of Tyrion, it makes sense that she would choose Mormont to come back and be her hand. Right, right, right. She felt like, she felt kind of bad to him, that she, as if she had betrayed him by replacing him with Tyrion when he left, but... And Mormont this, even said he was burned by that. Yeah. But, but now, understood. now he's stepping in and saying, you made a wise choice. This, he is a good hand, like yeah. reinforcing her decision that she made. And then one thing I want to see out of that conversation, I think the most important part was that we learned that Tyrion learns from his mistakes. Well, it was just reiterated. Mm -hmm. I would love to see during this next episode, because the next this one had no battle, because the next one's all battle. Yeah. They've already called it the Helm's Deep episode. Yeah. During that scene, during that episode, I want to see Tyrion come up with a strategic plan that is something that he learned from his times fighting against or doing all the mistakes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's true. I don't know what it could be, but I want to see something where he's like, oh yeah, that's that one time where we went I mean, to Castle Rock when they were actually going to Highgarden. Has he made a strategic mistake in battle? Before? That one right there. He had sent he had sent the troops to go take Castle Rock thinking that the, the fleet, the army was there. Yeah. When really the army was taking Highgarden from them. Oh, okay. And you know, so he, that, that whole, that was in season seven, that whole season he made a bunch of blunders and then the latest one was trusting Cersei. That was the last part of the, you know, blunders, you know, on, on season seven. Oh, so maybe just like that, like you were mentioning earlier, perhaps we just have a handful of people at Winterfell of the of the Whites, while the entire army has marched past Winterfell and is actually going straight for King's Landing. Yeah, we'll talk about that because I think that might be a thing. We'll talk about that okay. afterwards. I don't want to kind of spoil that too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's that's a prediction because that, that more or less mirrors what you were saying with the High Garden. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, he could be the one that says like. The Night King's and nobody's not here. gonna trust him. Oh, go to Cersei. She needs defending. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, dude. If he says that line, yeah. oh man, that would be so good. Something Ooh. like, yeah, they're yeah. gonna go add to her, add to their ranks by taking her kingdom or something like that, and nobody's gonna trust him because he's defending his sister. Yeah. One thing we see from later on, we'll just mention it right now, is when Jaime and Tyrion are catching up again, which is a really nice moment because these two, they they really are brothers and, and everything like that. They ha uh, they mentioned he asked, "Is the baby real?" And he, and Jamie confirms it is real. Yeah. Something we were always not sure, like is she faking it or like that? No, the, the baby is real. So we have confirmation there. Now it's all about what is she going to do to keep that baby safe. So we had that little confirmation that Mormont saying trust Tyrion. Then we go into another scene where this is off of Mormont's idea. Danny's talking to Sansa, trying to patch things up. These two are just yeah. not getting along. That was a good, a good sit down, heart to heart kind of. Yeah. It seems like they needed that to be able to talk without being in public eye, not having to play yeah. their role. And Danny had a smart idea of using John as the the bonding. Yeah. Bridge between the two. Of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They both love John in different ways. Yeah. And you know. And I like how so Sansa pointed out that you know John is a man. Men are fools when they're in love. I'm afraid that he's following you just out of love. Danny just turns that around on her and says the exact opposite. Like, yeah. I have dragons, I have an army. I could have been taking, you know, King's Landing right now, but instead I've followed this cute boy that came to my castle <laughs> <laughs> and I flew my army up here to defend his family and yeah. their pursuits. Like I'm Who's the, the fuel. Who's I'm the fool, fool yeah, yeah, chasing a boy in love. That was a great scene. Yeah. It did end with something that we've seen it earlier during the trial. Daenerys is not getting the fact that the North is honorable and independent. 
And she's not yeah. quite grasping that. Earlier during the trial, when Sansa says her bit, and then John just agrees. He says, we need every man we can get. Mm-hmm. They both shut down Daenerys' ideas. Yeah. Danny doesn't say, doesn't push any further because she doesn't want to lose it or create tension. You yeah. can tell, like, she's just like, okay. She doesn't want the people to see a lack of harmony between the three of them. Right. Yeah. And ideally, what would happen is the queen would stand up and walk out first, mm-hmm. and then her lord's yeah. followers would follow. When they stood up, Santa turned to Bolton. Yeah. She turned to John. John's going through a lot of stuff because he learned he knows he's actually the cousin or the nephew right now. So he's kind of going through a lot of stuff in his head yeah. too. But he doesn't really acknowledge and, her, turns and walks away as well. And his people are having a hard time with him serving her versus right. them serving him. The whole yeah. yeah. Which is really that's what Santa's biggest argument is too. There's already this tension. She's just not grasping the fact that you got to figure out a way for the North to be independent or feel yeah. independent. Yeah. I think a, a good situation for you, the Dorn situation. When they're having their heart to heart, that's what divides them again. Is the fact that Sansa's like, we've given up the North before. We took it back. We won't give it up again. Hmm. So there, there is some tension there. And one thing I wanted to say, though, another little thing. How awesome is the costume design this season? Did you notice what Sansa's wearing? And then, of course, Danny's been wearing this white suit with like the red underlining the whole time. Yeah, I, I pointed out to to my wife the white fur that Sans that uh, Danny Danny was wearing. Danny, yeah, and. To me, I, I don't think we've ever seen her in fur yet. She wore that outfit uh-huh. when she went to go save John last season, but this season they purposely changed it a little bit to where the red was showing up more okay. to like make that more defined. It's more like popping now. Okay, yeah. so yeah, to me it seems like okay, she's in Winterfell now. She's wearing like the local yeah. attire, or something. but with the Targaryen like showing through. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, 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 and then even what Sansa's wearing that like that black leather suit with oh, the chain yeah. and stuff like that. Like yeah. everybody's yeah. looking chain, so badass. It's it like it, that's. I remember seeing the chain. It reminded me of the Maester's chain, yeah. the way they loop through each other like that. I wonder, is she wearing that as like some kind of symbol, though? Of is that is that a sign of intellect or something like that? Wearing a metal I, you know, chain. I don't know. I bet it does have something, hmm. you know. But it's just really, yeah. I bet it's made out of something that means something. Each ring means something on the Maester's chain. Yeah. So maybe it's something cool. Hmm. So yeah, that was just a really cool scene. Danny's not understanding the fact that that the Starks have different kind of control up north. They have a different kind of. The following scene feeds right into that. When Theon returns to Winterfell. Yeah. What oh, a heartwarming god. moment. And seeing him was great, but seeing Sansa nearly cry. Oh my god. I almost cried just seeing that. Yeah. I, I'm realizing you now I like this episode a lot more than I thought. I, I'm glad that's coming around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I was just like, oh my god, there's so much raw emotion. And then you remember like, oh, the whole situation with the Boltons, the two yeah. of them were just looking at each other across the room, both wanting to cry and die on the inside, but they were there's nothing each they other could had do. for a long time there. Yeah. And Theon will forever be in debt to Winterfell, to Bran, to, to Sansa for what he did to them. Yeah. And it's just like, man, so when they see each other, and remember the last time we saw Theon, I mean, before saving Yara, mm-hmm. he's actually in the service of Daenerys because mm-hmm. the Greyjoys have been working with him. Yeah. When he sees her, he answers Daenerys, but then he says, he looks right to Sansa and tells her, like, I'm here to serve you in Winterfell if I can. And Sansa just, just totally breaks away with her serious face. And embraces her brother come back home, basically. Like, yeah. I've talked about this before where Theon feels like the last Stark in a lot of ways. Because he yeah. grew up there, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and one thing I love about that shot, they made sure when they're first embracing, you see Daenerys. I'm using hand, a lot of hand motions right now. <laughs> you see Daenerys in the background looking at her like, yeah. oh, I see. My people feel for me like Theon feels for you right now. That full devotion yeah. that goes beyond being a queen. Like, they see something in her mm-hmm. that's beyond that. Like, a pride, a willingness to die. That's a Mormont right there. Yeah. You know, that's, that's exactly a good example right there. That's that's the Mormont-Daenerys relationship, yeah. Sans and Theon. 
So I really like that. It kind of gave Danny a check, like, oh, I'm dealing with another queen. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't see that in her. That you, the way you saw the that respect for her admiration, I guess, from her her people, her servants. But man, that was it was a hell of a good shot because they first embrace. You see Daenerys in the background, and and then they make sure to show Daenerys enough to where you see the relationship. Like, oh, okay, I see that. Then they turn the camera on to Theon, and you see Theon just melting. Yeah, like they're embracing, and Theon's like melting away. So it's a really cool shot. It was really good, really well done. Then we get a real small scene. I wanted to just kind of mention this one real quick. Uh, Davos is serving food to the to the people. Yes. There's a little girl there with the pocked face, with the scars on her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, looks like it might have been a, a, a grayscale situation. Yeah, and that reminds you immediately of... Shireen. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. her name. So that's who that girl was. That's why it gave him pause. Stannis, Stannis Baratheon's daughter that was right. burned at the stake to appease the Red Witch or whatever. Right, which yeah. he can... That's why Melisandre's not around right yeah. now. It's because he can't stand them. yeah. Uh, this was a this was just a reminder to him like she taught him how to read. Mm-hmm. It was a new daughter for him. It, he yeah. really you know, respected and loved her. So that was just I just want to kind of explain why he stopped that girl. Why yeah. that girl was so important. And that was him. a cute scene. She wants to to be a part yeah. of the battle. Like both my brothers are in the battle. Yeah. And... How awesome are northern people? Like, yeah. We got a Mormont's out there just tearing yeah. things. Later on, talk about costume design. Her little armor set yeah. is amazing. <laughs> and Jorah's telling her like, no, you should stay here. You know, with the people, protect everybody here, or something like that. And she's like, pretty much, fuck that. I'm gonna be out on the <laughs> yeah. battlefield. I'm gonna be there with my people. There's no no reason for me to stay behind. <laughs> I love it. But the next part is we get the Night's Watch coming back. Or coming to Winterfell, they're yeah. they're with Torment and they're with Beric Dondarrion. Mm-hmm. One thing I thought was cool though, and I meant I, I had caught it, was they're using the Night's Watch horn signals right now. So when they come in, we hear one oh. horn blast, yeah. and that means the Night's Watch usually means the Rangers return to the Wall. Mm-hmm. So they're using those right now at Winterfell. But Winterfell it makes so much sense. We've seen so many images of it this episode. After I thought about, because I watched it episode a couple of times, Winterfell's walls are now the Wall again. Mm. So it's kind of cool in that sense. So just a reminder. Because they gave you a couple clues throughout the episode. They'll give it to you next time, I'm sure. Number uh, one horn is Night's Watch Return. Two, Wildlings. And three means White Walkers. You know, we, that in the, that three horn comes <laughs> three. later yeah. on. Yeah. The Night's Watch and the Umber Party, they return. And it's a good remind, or a good reunion between John and, and Ed, who's been the Lord Commander this whole time. Kind of, you know, and he's just the last of the friends from the Night's Watch. And not yeah. a lot of people are alive over there. Uh, then we get the battle plan things. What do you think of that battle plan scene where they're all surrounding the table? I thought it was pretty important. Uh, layout, but I can't remember much of what they were saying. I think the key to that whole thing is is their understanding that you know really we can't win this battle except for if we could take out the Night's King. So oh, yeah. they're gonna That's do the bait and switch. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna put Bran out there in the in the Weirwoods. Yeah, hope that the Night King lands in there, tries to take him on, yeah. and then attack. The Greyjoys are gonna stay there and defend him. Theon, who says, <laughs> "I gotta defend you. I took away your castle. Let me defend you now." I mean, yeah. that was so great. Yeah, we got a lot of explainers though of who this is. Where our theory had fallen. I my theorized that the Night King is going for John. Mm-hmm. We're gonna find out now. No, he's going for Bran the whole time. I mean, that's what... Well, that's what Bran says. Bran thinks, yeah. I hope I'm wrong and I'm still correct. And knowing Bran, he could easily be sacrificing himself, too, for the greater good of the people. Yeah, if it w- makes a win, you're right. Yeah. yeah. God, don't do that, John. I know. <laughs> Maybe he's going to be the next Night King. He'll just walk and, you know, stand up and walk away as a Night King. Yeah. Well, anyway. yeah. That's what he's saying is, is he's coming for me that the Night King has tried to kill the Blood Raven, not the Bloody... The Three-Eyed Cur- Raven, Three-Eyed mm-hmm. Crow, hundreds of countless times before. So... That tells us that this is actually a title that's passed down from uh, Three-Eyed Crow to Three-Eyed Crow the whole time. Yeah. It's not just him and, and the Blood Raven that was before him. Yeah. It's been passed down this whole time. That's why the Night's King keeps coming down. It's why everything's circular is because it's always going after the same guy. 
And we learned that the reason is because, and it makes so much sense, he's trying to erase humanity yeah. off of the face of the earth. You can burn books and lose history, but if the, if brands still exist, you have their history still. He wants to erase them from Earth, from Westeros. And so he needs to get rid of all their history. Easy way to do that, burn the books, kill Bran. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, kill all of, all the people, yeah. Yeah, so he's trying to destroy humanity. Now, the reason that makes a lot of sense is the children of the forest were at war with hum- humans a long time ago. Yeah. They created the Night King as a way to fight the humans. So he's really a nuclear bomb that they don't have control over anymore. Eventually, the children of the forest and the humans work together to stop the Night King. Yeah, that's what the myths say, which always can be you know wrong. But that's it's kind of like one of those situations where he's just an uncontrollable weapon. I wonder. Makes if, sense. I wonder if we will see anything from the children of the forest because there still are some left, right? Not they're a lot, on the Isle of Faces, which is um, this really obscure hasn't, island. Hasn't and, been included in the story. Yeah, it's south of Harrenhal, so it's it's very unlikely that we'll see it. I'm hoping we do, but yeah. And we we mentioned before, or I don't know if we mentioned it on here before, but that the um, the symbol that the Night King leaves behind. Yeah, it's like that sigil. Yeah, slightly resembles, and it's it's from the children of the of the forest, right? And it slightly resembles the Targaryen banner. That's a good point that you brought up. Yeah. So I wonder. I mean, I don't want to use too much to bridge these together, but I wonder if maybe the the guy that was originally converted to be a Night King, maybe he was a Targaryen or something Could like be. that. Could be. He was light, light-haired, light you know, like a Targaryen would be. Yeah, I don't but know. But he was converted before the Targaryens were around. Uh, but still, there could be something there. Yeah, you know? I don't know why. I think he's a Stark, personally. Yeah. Because there's, I think there's an affinity for Starks in, in the Night King, so hmm. I don't know. A couple things, other things that were really cool about this meeting. Uh-huh. I, I, I begged it last time for a moment where he saw Bran back. I think we got it this time. Really? When they, Yeah, because they said... Well, will uh, Dragonfire stop the Night King? And then he stopped and he's like, I don't know. Nobody's ever tried it. That look on his face when Bran doesn't know something yeah. was like, I don't know. And he's like looking around a little bit. More movement we've seen out of him than we've ever seen in a long time. Hmm. So you think he was a kid again for a minute? He, I just he think for a second when Bran. when the when the Three-Eyed Raven doesn't know a crow whatever, doesn't know what they're doing, Bran has control just a second. You know what I'm hmm. saying? It was really, I don't know, it was a small thing. It was just a choice by the actor, I'm sure. Yeah. But I just, man, I really enjoyed that small little glimpse of just like, I don't know, you know, it was, it was neat yeah. to see him not know something. And they've played very well, they're very, very clearly the fact that Bran is no longer the Three Eyed Raven is who he is now. Yeah, he's not Bran anymore. And yeah. it's kind of heartbreaking. They, oh, that, of course. It pretty much paints that this kid, this Stark boy, is is dead now. He's gone. But I wonder if they're playing that up, making it more visible now because. At some point, he'll have an opportunity to rescind those powers and go back to being a regular person. Maybe give those abilities to somebody else or or something, and just go back to being Bran and choose that. That'd be so nice. Yeah, yeah just that'd be good. I'd, I'd like to see that kind of conclusion to his story. Yeah. If if there's a way to do that without ending all humanity, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then the last little bit, and I think it's gonna be important for the future when everybody leaves. It's kind of a small thing, but I think it's important. Tyrion drags a, t- a chair next to Bran. And like tell says, tell me the story, oh, man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I and it, it just threw me off. Talk about the most perfect three-eyed raven. Oh, Tyrion true. Lannister. Yeah. Literally, he says it's on every T-shirt I want. Yeah. It says I drink and I know things. That's all I do, or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, yeah, he knows things. Like that's <laughs> that's Tyrion's game. Like that'd be so great. And I think to him though, having a chance to sit down with Bran, 
who knows everything is like just being able to find the, the, the best most book. rare book. Yeah. yeah he is <laughs> like, I can point. ask you any question you should or can find at least the answer to it. Yeah. But just, just seeping off of what he's willing to tell, he'll just get so much information that you literally can't find in a book. So, I mean, I know they're not sitting there forever because we have more scenes with Tyrion, very important scenes. Yeah. So I'm sure he's just telling him the story of what he had gone through, Bran himself. Yeah. But boy, it'd be nice if he kind of gave him a quick history of like... Bran the Builder. Well, yeah, and that, Human that Race, kind of and uh, John's really a Targaryen, and so it'd be kind of cool if he gave him like the broad strokes, but I don't, they don't have the time for that. Yeah. It's an entire lifetime of, of talking, you still but wouldn't that, get it all, but... So if there is a situation, if Bran does die some, at some point, Tyrion will still have the potential to give us a nugget of information from his past or something yeah. that we didn't know. And it'd be cool to see Tyrion take on the Three-Eyed Raven role because I think Tyrion's personality is too big mm-hmm. <laughs> to where he would almost empower or like take over the Three-Eyed Raven more than the Three-Eyed Raven <laughs> would take over him, you know? True. It would be, it'd be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the uh, we get some scene, another scene with Melisandre and Grey Worm. I really don't care about that relationship. Melisandre? Is that her name? Melisandre. Um, okay, I, yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember her I name yesterday. Like, ah. I really don't care about their relationship, honestly. It's just kind of tacked on, it, feel, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to have, but it's not necessary. There's not a real value to it. But yeah, it shows the just shows the uh, humanity still between the people. Yeah, and another small scene is we see Sam, John, and Ed sitting on the walls of Winterfell, kind of just reminiscing about the Night's Watch. It's cool. Yeah. A lot of these moments where everybody's getting back together. Later on, we see Arya and the Hound get together. Yeah, kind of like just catch up. Arya doesn't want to sit there Bear. with the Hound all there. Yeah, Barrett joins them. Yeah, so we're just kind of catching up. Everybody's. Just yeah. winding down their their relationships, they're tying yeah. up all their loose ends, so it's Every, kind of nice. Everything is as ready as it can be, and they're just waiting for the war to start. Yeah, they're basically waiting to die. Yeah, and I'm calling this the hearth party. Okay, we have this big hearth, which is like the big fireplace, right? Yeah. And we have first Jamie and Tyrion sitting. Oh there. yes, yes. And this was the heart of the whole episode. <laughs> this yeah. really was fantastic for me. The name of the episode is The Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. So this is really what they wanted to make sure to show you guys. Mm-hmm. Jamie and Tyrion are sitting there. They're reminiscing about how... And one thing we're kind of getting from them is the fact that they had each other and they were alone back when they had everything. Mm-hmm. I You know, because Tyrion, he was shunned by his family, so he was always on the outside. Jamie, because he was the Kingslayer and because he was always so elevated, mm-hmm. made him alone. Yeah. So they were on different spectrums. Yeah. But they really felt alone, except for they had each other, which and is really cool. He was in love with his sister, who only wanted to love him enough to manipulate him. Right, and yeah. and that also made him an outsider. It yeah. was all kinds of problems, you know. Then Brienne and Podrick join, and I like how Pod gets half a cup, and then yeah. Tyrion overfills it. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Which is a nice little wink to back when when he was Tyrion's squire, and yeah. would all, always follow Tyrion around like that, and you know and the ladies <laughs> and stuff like that, that that always got with Pod. Uh, Davos comes in to warm up, and then we got Torment Giant Bane in there, and he's, of course, trying to... Oh, he's hilarious. I don't think him and Bran are going to ever have it. Anytime, it was cool, too, is anytime you had those two talking, you saw Jamie like, looking at Bran, like, what's her reaction to him? There's that soft, you know, love triangle there. Yeah. And then we we cut away from that scene, but I'm just going to complete that scene, because I think it's really important. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're all reminiscing, and Tyrion talks about how, you know what, I think we're all going to survive this battle. We've survived a bunch of other battles. We'll probably survive this one, too. And he starts naming off the battles we survived. Now, that's awesome alone. I think he's just Tyrion being awesome. Yeah. But he did just talk to Bran in the scene before. Oh. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So maybe his yeah. attitude actually, because again, I watched it a couple times, his attitude slightly changed to where beforehand he was saying like if i die you two will probably be the hand of the king like he was very down on it and then for that speck of hope right there 
Maybe it's he, he sees the bigger picture. I thought he was being like kind of sarcastic. And he probably was. Drinking wine, like, ah, fuck it, we're going to win. Who cares? We're, we're Which gonna... is in Tyrion's character. Yeah. I'm just kind of grasping at straws and I'm but, hoping. Yeah, I mean, he did just talk to Bran. But if he, well, if he talked to Bran and he's not as, you know, as smart as Bran or as, as you know, whatever. But, <laughs> great words. Yeah. But, um,. Like we, like I was saying earlier with Jamie, is you probably you can't boast and say, oh, you, don't worry, guys, take it easy. You, you can stay up all night and drink because tomorrow's gonna be real, you know, quick, easy battle will be done. Yeah. You got to keep them fearful and hopeful, and that's one thing. If you can inspire hope in them enough to fight fiercely, then that's good. If they feel defeated before the battle starts, there's no reason to even step out there. You're right. just gonna wait inside until you die. Tyrion is smart enough to know either way that that's important too. Yeah. So, so maybe that's his goal is to inspire enough hope just to just enough to keep them ready for battle. Yeah. And you can tell he's getting a little bit more and more drunk as the night's going on too, which <laughs> I was just like, yeah, it's yeah. Tyrion. That's how he's going to finish the night off. And then we get the main thing here. They're talking about, he says, Sir Brienne. Then he corrects himself to Lady Brienne. Mm-hmm. And then Tormund's like, wait, you're not a knight. And she says, I can't. It's tradition. So in Westeros, yeah, if you're, women weren't knights. If it just wasn't, there was no need for it at the time. Liana... Yeah. Stark wasn't even a knight, and she was Lyanna Stark, you know? Yeah. There wasn't women that wanted to be knights yet, right? Right, Lyanna yeah. Stark did, but she was the first the woman of, of Winterfell, basically. Yeah. And there have been amazing women, too. The Nymeria, actually, the name of the wolf, is named after a badass who should have been a knight back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, who went conquering and everything like that. So she wasn't a knight. And Jamie brings up a point that, because uh, they're like, oh, well, King needs to make a knight. And Jamie's like, no. That's not how it works. A knight makes a knight. Or that's you could also make it to where a knight can make a knight. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot in in the book. It's not something that happens frequently just because you want to kind of keep knighthood slimmed down. It's an honor. Otherwise, everybody be a knight. Yeah. But you do end up with a lot of these what's called hedge knights, mm-hmm. which are these wandering knights that don't necessarily serve one house. And will kind of be like a hired samurai, if you think of that. So it's just somebody with honor and integrity who's who's knighted. Because you know they've proven themselves in battle in a battle at some like point, yeah. yeah. And then they can go off and do. They're not obligated to stay. They can go off and right. use their title to their advantage. And a lot, they'll end up in a village, and the villagers will be like, "Look, we'll pay you twenty shillings. I'm just using the word shillings mm-hmm. uh, to to stop these raiding pillagers or whatever." And he will do that. And of course, he'll take the pay too because they're hedge knights. They're not full. Yeah. You know, they don't have a paycheck coming in. Basically, yeah. <laughs> paychecks. So yeah. So so the idea of knighting somebody still a thing. As soon as they're worthy, they would train them. She's mm-hmm. been training Podrick. With the understanding that Podrick could not be knighted because she's not a knight. Mm. Now Podrick, next, probably in line to be knighted. Mm-hmm. Jamie takes her aside, gives her the blessing from the seven king, uh, the, the seven knights, her, and Brienne rides, rises as a knight. I love this moment so much. Everybody who is drinking and telling stories stops to turn and watch her. Yeah, and pay respect to her, not joke this about is, yeah. it or anything like that. Make light of it is... This moment, not only in general, it's important when a knight's giving this stomach to another knight, mm-hmm. but... When she's the very first woman knight ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's next level, right? Yeah. So all the joking stops. Everybody stops this beautiful ritual. And then we see Brienne break her <laughs> own personal character. She puts this wall up the whole time. She has yeah. to. Mm-hmm. She smiles and cries. Yeah. We're tearing up heavily, you know? Yeah. And it was just really cool. I mean, that you guys look on Twitter right now. Everybody's got the still of her tearing up and with that big smile. Yeah, huge it's smile. all over Twitter right now because yeah. it's just one. Oh, we've tweeted it out there. We've literally, I think, never seen her character smile. Maybe a little smirk once. Smirks, yeah, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah that it was, was really cool. So that was really cool for her character. Sir Brienne, she's out there now. She's a knight. That's and cool. when they were first talking about it, I thought, when Jamie was getting closer to it, I thought, you know what, Jamie will probably take this time to knight everybody. You know, all of them in the room. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
the Sir Tyrion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Tyrion's not a knight, but he's been in battle and stuff. He's yeah. proven himself. And um, Tor- Tormont, Torment, Torment, Giant. Yeah. Giant yeah. We I get mean, a, we get the Jor- Giant Bane story where he gets that from. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, Podrick's like hey you know he's he's a good fighter now might as yeah. well make him knight but it's so great that nobody else yeah. was knighted because and don't no- even ask for it yeah yeah nobody else deserves it nobody else has earned it as much as she has and she's literally like risked her life for him and now you know and vice versa those two have, are so intertwined in their paths yeah. so that's pretty awesome she's like literally it. always been the knight in shining army we hear from like yeah Camelot stuff like that she's yeah. the example of what a knight's supposed to be yeah and couldn't be a knight because you know it's silly and sees these drunken fools who call themselves knights all the time let people down one thing that's really cool is she's being knighted she's also a descendant of uh, Duncan the Tall Sir Duncan the Tall which was the knight that protected old Aegon Targaryen from a couple of generations ago so She's actually a descendant of one of the most famous knights in history. So it's kind of cool that she's being knighted in this way. So it was just kind of just, it was really a wonderful moment. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, we're gonna, from that scene too, we're going to have Podrick singing. And that song is actually from a ghost story, basically, that they have called Jenny's Song. So mm-hmm. it's just a somber song. You know, yeah. It's a cool song. They play it later on. It's like a moment of everybody just having the very last moments before the, the yeah. attack. I think that was a good scene to have that, that soft music playing while they show where everybody's at. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, then we get to Arya, and she's done. She's not going to sit with the Hound and everybody else just getting yeah. drunk. She goes and finds a Gendry. Heck yeah, brown and, chicken, brown cow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we get the fighting staff. We see what she wanted him to make. Yeah. There's this fighting staff. looks like it has a blade on both sides. Mm-hmm. But from the drawing, it looks like it's going to detach. Yeah, So because yeah, there was a little arrow even that shows like this end goes into that. And it had like a swirl on it, which... If you, you yeah, know, it's twist lock. Which means twist lock, yeah. yeah. So um, I think there's more to that little staff than they're showing us right now. We'll yeah. see it next episode. I mean... It, in just assuming by the way she fights, if it's for her, those will detach and then she'll have two oh, one handed weapons dual wielded. But yeah. I still I'm pretty sure at some point it's gotta be launched to, to kill that dragon. She somebody yeah. would have would have somebody somewhere in there has to have the forethought to plan to take down that, yeah. that undead dragon. I would think yeah, and Assyria. she would be she would be enough to think that. Okay, real quick. The reason I kind of had a little bit of a moment there, oh, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking like, okay, the she detaches and comes to one hand. The superhero that does that is Daredevil. Yeah, who was blind like she was. Yeah. Now, all right, just okay. like a little tie-in, maybe David and Dan, the guys that make the show, are big Daredevil fans, and they're like, <laughs> we got to give us a Daredevil. We have a blind one right here. Uh, then yeah, we get uh, Arya and Gendry hook up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of awkward in a, in a little bit because we've seen her as a kid grow up, so it's kind of just like, yeah. But I don't she, trust this guy. But it's, yeah, that's true. You want to defend her a little bit, right? You're yeah. like, is he good enough for you? He's he doesn't have a lot of money. <laughs> what kind of job does he have? I mean, he's been working hard though. He did just make like a thousand swords or enough, weapons. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and one thing they show too is that she has the mini scars when she's yeah. getting undressed for me. The mini scars. So yeah, um, it was one of those things where it's like you know. And then again, after that, we have the little bear moment with Mormont where she's telling him, like, no, bro, I'll see you out on the battlefield. Her <laughs> her men are standing behind there waiting to see what her command is. She walks through, they part, and she then follow her. She is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mormont gets a heartsbane, which is the sword for um, yes. Sam's family. That was so good, too, because I, I was, yeah, I really like that moment because we saw Mormont and John previously where John was trying to give him uh, Longclaw. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I, I don't deserve it. I forfeited my right to my right. family's, you know, uh, sword. And he gave it to you. He obviously saw you fit to to wield it. But then Sam comes along with a sword that he stole from his dad. Yeah. And he even admits to Mormont okay. that he can't even lift it. He yeah. can't even hold it upright. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, ah, oh, that's true. I mean, you're probably better with a short sword or a 
small axe, but yeah. <laughs> a couple daggers, something like that. Luck. That's his weapon. Is yeah. luck. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> You ride on a horse and just talk to people. <laughs> yeah. Tell people good ideas. But uh, but yeah, that was really cool that he handed that off. I liked it. And the fact that Moma said that I will defend in your father's name, which I thought was kind of hollow because we talked about it last season. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that important to him. But then he said the last part where he says to protect the man, the the, the whatever, the lands of the living or something like that. Yeah. So I'm saying, which is really kind of what they're all doing right now. It's beyond yeah. houses at this point. Mm-hmm. So. And we all know Valerian steel is amazing. It's the only metal that can do what the dragon glass can do. And right. I imagine dragon. It's even a little better. I think there is some extra properties. I don't remember them, but yeah. they've talked about in the past where. And and it, I imagine all these dragon glass weapons aren't going to last forever. I mean, you hit them against yeah. the stone and they shatter, right? Dragon glass. I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, it's glass aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so once you take that against a sword, yeah. So mm-hmm. it'll be good to have as much Valerian steel in there as we can. Yeah. There's very few of it. I think once I think in the next episode what we'll do is we'll count down all the Valerian steel weapons going into battle. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun to see. This is who you know to kind yeah. of check so off and then only... see check off who's using them where. I think yeah. it'd be kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, great. and then the last important scene is we have John explains to Danny the situation. He goes over the whole thing where oh, yeah. Rhaegar and Ugh. Danny even talks about how um, how she's always heard about Rhaegar. He's this wonderful man who had one huge flaw. He rapes Lyanna uh, Stark. Yeah. That's and so sad that that was part of her history, and that's who she was yeah. told he is. Even in the books, as you're reading it, that is a well-known fact the whole time. Yeah. Is that there's this tournament at Harrenhal. Harrenhal is really important. I'm telling you, that's that going to end this whole show up. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be important later on. So there's this tournament at Harrenhal. He fell in love with Lyanna Stark there. He ended up giving her the crown of roses and stuff like that. Like, you're... We've seen it from like Night's Tale and stuff like that. You're like, you're my gal. Even in the first season of Game of Thrones. Um, And he fought for her. He then had an annulment from his wife. And then him and Lyanna had a secret wedding. Mm -hmm. And so he had filled her in with the facts. And then he said, they had a baby. Her brother, Ned, took the bastard in. And you could see the face of Danny. Like, ooh, she's having a hard time taking this in. Yeah, There's all kinds of implications of this situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Tells her that her, his name is Aegon Targaryen, really, and that Jon Snow is just the name that jo- that Ned gave him. I think it'll always be Jon Snow. We're not gonna call yeah. him Aegon. <laughs> yeah. I just, I wish it's so hard. But I wish that, of course, they had more time to talk about that because she immediately is filled with questions and potential distrust. Like she, she's questioning now his motives. Like, okay, what yeah. angle does he see it from? And of course, he's looking at, okay, how's how's she taking this? What does she see it from? are we going to fight now? Can I trust this person now that they, you know, see this other dynamic of it? But yeah, we all know John, he said before the, who, who wears the crown doesn't matter. What matters is that we all survive and that we can have peace after all this is done. Yeah. So I just wish he had a minute to just say that line, like let her know that that's not what I'm here for. Like, yeah, the way it cut off though, I really liked it, but it is interesting that she did not care about the relationship between them being nephew and aunt. Because oh, it was yeah. something that like, that's, us as watch, well, that's something that us yeah. as watchers you hear about. But Targaryens, it's definitely not a big deal amongst Targaryens. Yeah. And even in that world, is shaky at best. In the rough draft for Game of Thrones, a lot of people don't know this. Is first off, it was going to be I think a three book series, mm-hmm. which went way beyond that. Yeah. And uh, John was actually going to get married with Arya Stark. Oh. So that was the rough draft, yeah. and it had gone away pretty early on. But that was the first. So the Targaryens were always kind of and. And Jamie and, and Cersei was always kind of getting people warmed up for the idea that, you know, yeah. they, this can happen. But that was not what she's worried about. She's only worried about the Iron Throne. Yeah. And she even throughout the episode mentions the Iron Throne a couple times. And again, I mean, everybody's facing their death right now. The Iron Throne is the farthest from everybody's mind right now. Yeah. Except for her. She's still kind of worried about that. So do you think 
we've seen her be such a great ruler. Do you think at some point she can turn and we find out that she's not the Targaryen we think she is, but she's another Mad King? If, I mean, was Mad well, King Aerys yeah. a Mad King when he first took rule? That's the thing is, is again, they always say there's a coin flipped by the gods. You know, you're either a great leader or you're insane. Yeah. You're mad. We've seen her be a great leader. I don't think she'll go and she'll go we, crazy. We've seen her take some pretty aggressive steps before too. But that's just Targaryen. She's they Targaryens are invaders. They've always been very good at warfare and invading. They have not been great all the time at ruling. Mm -hmm. There has been, I mean, and they're very Jaharis the Wise. There's been very specific ones that have been good at it. There have been way more notable ones that are insane. Yeah. You know, Aemon Targaryen that was up on the up on the wall. You can tell just by his personality, he was very just and fair. He was a maester at the time, but you can tell he would have been a great king if he had been put in place. Yeah. So I think she's on the good ruler side. Right. I don't think she's going to lose it. Hmm. She does make steps that are too far, and I think Tyrion's going to tell her one of these times, you can't do this. That is unfair. We don't have many episodes left. We only have four. Yeah. So we want more seasons is what we want. Seriously. So anyway, so let's wrap this up. Right. While they're about to keep going into their emotions, we hear the three horns yeah. of the Night's Watch. means White Walkers are here. Yeah. So they head up north, and we get a big pan out, and then we find out that the White Walker army is there. We do not see the Night's King or the dragon. So yeah. is he there? I mean, I don't think for this little glimpse of, hey, guess what? They're at the front door. I don't think they would reveal that yet. Okay. That's going to be a, a beautiful scene that they're going to capitalize on, you know, in hopefully two minutes in or whatever the next episode yeah. that they really want to be able to show. But you don't leave, you know, you don't add that to the cliffhanger. I don't okay. think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they, we it would know, have been cool to just see like blue flames, like not even the full dragon, but like amongst the clouds, just like blue flames blowing yeah. around. Like that'd be awesome. I think the battle will start and kind of get it, get in pace, get get going a ways before all of a sudden we kind of start to forget about. Oh yeah, there's a dragon and a night king yeah. out there somewhere, and then he swoops in and just decimates. Yeah. That reminds me one last thing: CGI count, CGI watch. That's what we'll call it. Okay, no. we did not get any dragons. Yeah, and it's because we got a little bit of direwolf. Yeah. We very have, little though. A disappointing little. limit. I there's this more. like petition online. No yeah. joke. There's a petition online started saying that there will be riots if there's if John or if Ghost doesn't come back or yeah. he dies. Seriously. I mean, they could have had a cardboard cutout take his place. Yeah, he was just standing there. They didn't interact with him. It was actually kind of bad CGI. Yeah. Like the scaling was all wrong. Like that's like right. bad he, green He was screen. like a foot or so too short, right? Yeah, and the way they had him like far set in the back, like you guys are really trying to save money on making sure yeah. Ghost was seen. If you're gonna put him in the scene. Put him in the scene. Actually yeah. have, even if he's just, you know, walking in the field when they're training. I mean, he doesn't have to be attacking anybody yet, but show him there doing something. And him and John haven't been together very much lately, right? Well, you know, or yeah, they have, him. but we haven't seen them because of the budgetary problems. Yeah. You show dragons, you can't show wolves, basically. The next, they save their money for that battle. Yeah. We better... Yeah, okay, so one thing I've always wanted to see, it was rumors of... The, the Lannisters had rumors mm -hmm. when Rob Stark was around and he was invading all the time. That he would ride on his wolf. I would love to see somebody mm -hmm. ride the wolf. Yeah. In the battle. Like John already talks about he rides on horses. We'll probably see him on dragon. I would love to see him on wolf. Hmm. Somebody. Arya on wolf. Some, I, I don't know. Yeah, John would be on a dragon, but maybe I could see Arya. Yeah. Mount Nymeria. She came back. We, yeah, Nymeria. Yeah. 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 That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. We got a really good episode but, next time, guys. The next episode is all battle. I would like to see John. I, I mean, it's too late now, but I wish they had shown more John having the relationship with his direwolf with Ghost, at, like uh, Daenerys has with her dragons. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, he, in, at least in the first couple seasons, he relied on his wolf just like she did. It was yeah, uh, the wolf was important. Yeah, the wolf arguably is why he's alive now because there's a huge rumor. A killer, a, the book isn't quite caught up, so that's our problem. But 
ideally what had happened, a lot of people believe, is he had warged into his wolf when he died. Yeah. So he was alive in ghost the whole time. Then when he was brought back, he went back from the ghost. Transfer spirit. So from ghost. It's hard to say the ghost because he's dead. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So there's that whole thing too because he does say, I want to say he does say ghost when he's being stabbed. Yeah. And so it's kind of like the sign that he went. I want to say that's what happened. So if Arya says Nymeria when she dies, like, oh man, mm. that'll fall apart. Anyways, that's it for us guys. We went longer than we wanted. We expected to because there's a <laughs> lot of character moments so those moments usually take a long time the next episode while it is a longer one of the show it'll probably be pretty short for us because it's just gonna be like did you see that thing Arya did <laughs> it'll be a lot of that a lot of hand gestures <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> alright guys so we'll see you next week bye